Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on NJ.com slash Eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss the Eagles disappointing 27 to 24 loss to the Chargers. Uh, what's going on with the home turf? And we'll kind of get into some changes that need to be made over the next eight weeks so that we can see some development from the Nick Sirianni era. Chris, before we get into that, how are you doing today? Not too bad, man. I'm still trying to process everything that went down yesterday. I mean, this is a this is a weird game to I mean, I don't know what to come away with. Like, I, I, well, I know analysis wants to come with it but get trying to get a feel for his team and what they're trying to plot it is just weird man how are you doing i'm i'm good other than some uh some car problems for my wife and having to walk about like a mile and a half in sandals this you know fine afternoon um wait what yeah yeah uh so there's something <laughs> up with like her headlights I took her car yesterday to the game, realized, hey, it's really dark on one side of the road. Um, so got that checked out immediately. Um, was I drive a, a Jetta or she drives a Jetta and I'm not good with the whole replacing the light thing. So I took it to my local auto shop. They're normally pretty good to me. And then I was like, you know what? If it's going to take a while to get this thing in, I might as well get an oil change. Um, and my wife just said that her tires were feeling weird. So turns out oh, no. uh, <laughs> we needed new tires. Um, so it's been quite a day. But I'm really excited to talk to talk to you, my friend, about some football because yes. like this game's weird. OK. And like you said, and I think I actually think it was the most encouraging game of the season from a development standpoint. Okay. And what I mean by that is sure. They didn't blow out the team like they did with the lions and the Falcons. Sure. They didn't come back and eke out a win uh, like they did against the Panthers. But from a pure play calling standpoint, this was about as good of a performance as they could have gotten from Nick Sirianni. Did every play work? Did Jalen Hurts execute properly on every play? Did the offensive line execute on every play? No. But I thought the mix of run to pass, the mixture of 21 personnel, 13 personnel, 12 personnel, 11 personnel, they really gave the Chargers looks and fits in coverage. And I think that is really important. They also coached and schemed to the opponent's weakness as opposed to just saying, hey, look, we're going to do our thing. And I think that shows a lot of growth for Nick Sirianni because the first eight weeks of the season – 
or at least the first six weeks of the season, I should say, excuse me, were all about like, hey, this is what we want to do, as opposed to, hey, we should probably strategize to take advantage of weaknesses against the Chargers. And I think that's what they did against the Chargers. Now, they came up short. Um, the offense left the, the field with a tie. The defense couldn't get a fourth down stop. Uh, the defense is a whole nother story. Now I understand people are very stressed out about the lack of aggressiveness from Jonathan Gannon, but I got to tell you the players efforts and playing soft is, is kind of a thing right now on that defensive side of the ball. There's a lot of cushion. The players aren't playing very physical. The defensive line has been abysmal for the last three weeks for the most part. I know, Look, I know when people get sacks, you talk about the production, you say, oh, wow, they're really great. Um, they should have been able to beat up on the right side of this Chargers line. Ryan Kerrigan's basically a decoy at this point, which is a weird thing to call a pass rusher. Uh, Fletcher Cox is not playing up to the Fletcher Cox level and hasn't really for a while. Javon Hargrave is now getting doubled routinely. Uh, Josh Sweat hasn't been all that consistent. Derek Barnett, I'm not really even sure what he's trying to do. We'll talk about him a little bit later on the show. But as I go through this diatribe, it's just like, look, I know a lot of stuff's going to be put on Gannon, just like there was a lot of stuff put on Schwartz. But you also have to talk about the players, too. And I've noticed that the effort has just not been there from certain guys. Now, TJ Edwards, Marcus Epps, uh, Teron Jackson, some of the young guys are showing some encouraging signs. And I do think that there's been development there. Uh, I think the corners have played well outside of yesterday, but this defense is still a huge question mark and they need to turn things around and make some major adjustments over the next eight weeks. Um, Chris, Talk to me about what you saw from this group from a developmental standpoint, because I know I'm, I'm saying all this. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Well, I think it was encouraging to see that in a very close game, you had these they, they were able to actually just to make it close. First of all, when it came to both sides of the ball, I mean, that that game yesterday had some, like sort of like well, that's a play to me, it just felt like a playoff atmosphere. I mean, you had the crowd going. It felt tight. It was, it was an ebb and flow back and forth. So the fact that they got some experience. I mean, early on, especially with a very young team, I thought that was important. Development-wise, I think I saw more development on the offensive side of the ball than I did feel like I felt on the defensive side of the ball. When I look at the offense, I think they finally found what type of identity they have, and I think they're starting to work around that. I think they're going to be – I think from here on out, it's going to be a physical run-based team that uses the play action to set everything else up and throw in some Jalen Hurts runs. I think that's the way this offense is going to have to go. But the problem is going to be on a defensive side. I mean, you got these—they're playing so far off. I mean, you had—and you heard the press conference. You kept hearing that they said the the players say that Justin Herbert was getting the ball out quickly. Well, if that's the case, why wasn't there adjustments to either play a little bit more press, even if Slay, if Darius Slay was out, or Avanti Maddox was still having issues with his knee? Why weren't they playing more press to try to make things a little bit more difficult to get the when if he was throwing the ball out quicker? So I see progression especially on the coaching side and the offensive side of the ball i just wonder where it's going on the defensive side and i mean we're more, we're more than halfway through point we're past the halfway point of the season now and you can't continue to say well you know you want to see develop it well they're still young still young it, that can only go for so much you want to start seeing a lot, a lot not just the coaches not the players but the coaches starting to say okay we recognize what's going on you want to start to see them making the changes that are necessary so that they can start converting some of these into and ending drives sooner because it, it, 
if, if I'm a defensive player right now, I'm feeling very frustrated. They keep continuing not only allowing quarterbacks to complete completion rates the percentages of over 80 percent but it continually drive the ball down the field and not getting punts it, i i'm i'm going back to what Fletcher clock says I, i'd be frustrated too about it not being aggressive yeah and i think it's such a radical change because while jim schwartz played a lot of zone um his defensive front was aggressive and i think it's such a radical change. There's like no middle ground. There's no like weaning off of the old scheme and into the new. And I think that's a problem, right? It's such a radical change. And there are so many familiar pieces that were here last year and the year before. And it's been jarring. Um, look, Jonathan Gannon, I've said this several times. Everyone I've talked to has spoke extremely highly of him, has acted like he's this major up and comer. I'm not seeing it. Like, I'm not seeing him adjust. I'm not seeing him put his players in the best position. Every week, it feels like he's frustrated with himself. Well, cool. So do something about it. Nick Sirianni says that, you know, he takes responsibility for the defense, too. Again, raise the stakes and make some changes and look, they're going to have to against Denver next this weekend because Denver, I've never been a big Teddy Bridgewater fan, but if you give him underneath routes, he is going to kill you. Um, and he will, he's accurate. He will complete passes on you day in and day out or play in and play out. Um, I want to talk about what happened after the game. Um, because like you said, like, I don't know what you can really take away from this game other than the offensive development or the defense's like, kind of like stagnant pace. But, uh, there was a fan who threw a bouquet of flowers at Nick Sirianni after the game. Obviously it was a reference to Nick Sirianni, uh, bringing up like comparing his team to plants or flowers or something, uh, in a press conference. Um, cool, whatever. Uh, not cool to throw things at people. Um, I will tell you this in talking to players and coaches, players talk about this type of stuff. They see this type of stuff and they, you know, when they're making decisions, they kind of look at it this way. If, if, if they have other suitors and they feel like it's a more comfortable situation, they're going to pay attention to stuff like this. And I think players' wives pay attention to stuff like this. And and players' families, family members pay attention to stuff like this. Uh, this is the second time in three weeks that after a loss, Nick Sirianni has been given a post-game present, quote-unquote. And I think uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, it's so much easier to just be a good person. And, like, I feel like throwing stuff... And like placing things at people's feet and trying to make a statement like that is kind of like a weird endeavor. You're paying all this money to go to this game, and then you're gonna you're just gonna be a jerk. Like it's one thing to boo or 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 say run the ball, but like I, I don't know. I thought Nick Sirianni called his best game of the season, or at least one of them, and he gets pelted with a flower by the home crowd. That's really gonna make him play coach a lot harder, work a lot harder. Um, I mean, I think he's going to work hard and coach hard no matter what, but I think, how does that help? Uh, just an absolute loser mentality of that person. They should never be allowed in the link again. Dom, uh, the head of security was standing right next to him. I will tell you this. I would rather cross my parents than Dom. 
Uh, <laughs> I would not want to piss that guy off, especially if he saw your face. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. What, what was your takeaway on that whole thing? I mean, I look, I know we're giving this a lot of lip service, but uh, to me, it's just like it's I, there's a difference between a passionate fan and being a, a punk frankly and that guy or or gal whoever that fan was was a an absolute punk um i wish i could say some other things but this is a family show chris what do you think <laughs> well i don't know how to follow that one that was i mean it's it's got to be a point now where it's got to be some self-policing that's done within that section that area because whoever it is obviously some people obviously saw who the person was there's got to be some self-policing that's done there because you're right i mean when it comes to other players, if, if money, if money's equal, say it's the Eagles and I don't know, say it's the Chargers, both going after the same player and money's equal and it comes down to some of the other intangible stuff, you, you start hearing this stuff and you kind of want to go think like, why would I want to go play there? I mean, players will start, why, what if I have a bad game? Or are they going to start pelting me? So it's, it, to me, frankly, when it comes to this idea of you got to throw stuff, it, it's, it's tired and old. It, it, that to me, it, that stuff should have died when the vet went down. To me personally, because I know there's a 700 level and there's all this stuff, and that that lore was good for its day. But I think times are changing. You got to change your mentality and throwing stuff at people is is completely uncalled for. I mean, Sirianni's a better person to me because somebody threw something when I was walking down the field. I might be a I might need to call you and have me bail me out of out of uh, what I think there's a first district down there. I, I might need you to bail me out for that because it might be some issues. But it, things have to change. You can't keep on continuing to do that. And, and hopefully, somebody spoke up and talked to the Eagles and identified a person because stuff like that's got to stop. Speaking of making changes, what's the biggest change that you think needs to be made? over the next eight weeks for this team to really kind of not hit its stride, but really kind of make some progress to where you feel very good about 2022. Well, you think uh, just personnel wise or just uh, coaching or it can be anything. I want to see this team play more man. I think it's at the point now. I think they're better suited to play man. I mean, it's all the, the, just looking at everything else. If you get to me, I'm at the point where if you, if you just get beat deep, at least you're giving your offense some more time to go back on the field and try to make their and try to answer that because right now this this def, this defense is going to get worn out. It's going to be it's our, if it's not already worn down, it's going to get worn and it's only going to get tougher as the season progresses. The later later they get, I, I want to see you. You have guys like Slay and Nelson who can man up guys straight on, and even Javante Max can play guys straight up man up. Have them go one on one. Let them be physical at the line of scrimmage, and then maybe that buys some time for that defensive line to get home. Sure, you got some question marks at linebacker. I mean, TJ, although I thought TJ Edwards played really well, and I think Davion Taylor is on the same arc as Jeremiah Trotter. Not saying he's going to be Trotter, but the fact he didn't play, so all of a sudden playing significant minutes and looking like he improved, I think he's on that type of arc. So you have some pieces there that are okay. You can build toward 2022, and you just need to supplement some other areas, but yeah, they they just have it's time to it's, it's going to be tough to completely throw out the entire playbook, but I think this team needs to focus playing more man defense at this point. Now, how about you? What are you what are you changing? I want to see them release the hounds, the young hounds. I need to see more youth on this team. Winning with older players right now who are not performing well does not make sense. Um, 
you know, it's kind of like we've talked about with the offensive line. Like last year, yeah, it was rough, but a lot of those guys got experience. And I feel like you need to see players get more time. Jalen Rager has just not been there. And I do wonder if it's time to call up that Keyshawn Johnson kid that they brought in or Deion Kane. Um, you know, I, I want to see more of of Tyree Jackson. I want to see more of Jack Stahl. I want to see – now, that's not to say take Dallas Goddard out of the lineup because I think he's playing very, very well, and I think you should lock him up to an extension. But, like, it's time to make some adjustments. Derek Barnett is not going to be here next year, nor should he be. Um, there was a moment in the game, obviously late in the fourth quarter on that game losing drive where he got called for a neutral zone infraction. And you could just see the, like how distraught guys like Fletcher Cox and Josh sweat were because they had him on a third and six and a third and six is harder to, you know, convert than a third and one. And it's just, I, I don't know. It's over for him. Um, yep. And, and look, I think it's safety. They're having a lot of issues. Rodney McLeod has not played well. Uh, Anthony Harris has not played well. It's time to open up the youth movement. I want to see more Marcus Epps. I want to see more Kayvon Wallace. Uh, if you feel like some of these corners, younger corners can play safety, put them out there. I think Darius Slay is playing well. I wouldn't bench him. Same with Steve Nelson and um, Avante Maddox. But really, the corners are really the only guys that should say stationary because – Frankly, the rest of the defense all has room to grow. And at this point, it's not worth seeing these veterans grow because they're either not going to be here next year or they're not going to be starters. So that would be my inclination. Look, I think Jalen Hurts is a guy who's polarizing. There's a lot that he does well. There's a lot that he doesn't do well. Uh, I think he it would his ceiling is probably a top 20 quarterback. And if you're the Eagles, you're not going to settle for that. And so I think that's the discussion from now on. Can he play well enough that if you don't think he's a long-term answer, could he be a trade chip? If you try to acquire Russell Wilson, could he be a really valuable top tier backup to Russell Wilson or, or another player? Um, And you know what? Can Sirianni grow as a play caller with him? Um, even though both of them have their drawbacks. So that's where I'm kind of at. Um, you know, Chris, we wanted to get this in really quickly uh, before the Nick Sirianni press conference. Um, do you have any final thoughts? It's, they're on this run now. I think this is the this is going to be key. I mean, this, they don't have to face in my opinion, one of the better quarterbacks, except for Dak Prescott. And he, look, he struggled yesterday coming back from that injury. But they have they have an opportunity to really change the minds. I mean, Nick Sirianni constantly mentions that time when he during the first season of, of Frank Reich where they were able to reel off that long winning streak towards the end of Frank's first year. He has a he's set up to be in a similar situation from here on out and to take that momentum into next year, which is going to be a very pivotal year given all the assets they have when it comes to the salary cap and when it comes to the draft draft assets. If I'm Sirianni, I know he preaches the whole one and oh men one game each one game at a time, one and oh mentality. But you have to just show that to the guys and just go, hey, look, you know what? You can you can string off a bunch of wins. You can do a lot of stuff from here on out, and you can basically propel this this program forward from forward if they have some success so 
Sirianni, ha- it starts with Denver, which is they haven't won a place they haven't won it. It might have won at Mile High Stadiums every time they play there. So it's going to be rough to do that. But Denver, to me, is a beatable team. And uh, if I'm Sirianni, I'm just harping on the fact to show that, hey, guys, this, this, this could be a, a, a good run that they go on here. What do you, what's your final thought? My final thought is you should sign up for Eagles Extra, NJ.com slash text. Chris and I have a great time communicating with you guys, giving you an analysis during the game. You can get two weeks free by just signing up. Uh, kind of feel it out and let us know what you think. And, and make sure you send us questions and comments directly from a text thread. So you should also uh, subscribe to the No Huddle Show podcast wherever you get your podcasts. For Chris, I'm Mike. We will talk to you soon.